Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. This is Alan Tecchio from Level Field and Mike LePon's Silent Assassins. And you're listening to Talking Metal. Turn it up. Hey, this is Danny the Count Coker from Count 77, and you are listening to Talkin' Metal. Wilson Canadian presents Heavy Montreal. August 9th and 10th, outdoors at Park John Featuring Metallica, Slayer, The Offspring, Performing Smash, and Lamb of God. Three days of rocket metal featuring Anthrax, Twisted Sister, Bad Religion, Voivod, Dropkick Murphys, Body Count, Hate Breed, and many more. Festival passes on sale now. For the full festival lineup and to purchase your pass, visit HeavyMontreal.com. Produced by Avenco. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. It's John Astronomy coming to you from Maplewood, New yeah. Jersey. Yeah, definitely. John, welcome back to Maplewood. Been a little while since you've been out here. Good to have you back at the homestead. We're sitting on my patio where my youngest son just in disgust uh, threw over his water play table <laughs> and nearly drenched all the equipment we have yeah, set it's up like here. A, I was like an astronomy antic, actually. <laughs> I thought that was very good. Yeah, we have a nice spread here. We've got some shrimp cocktail. We've got fruit. We've got cheese. It's going to yeah. be great. we got a grill. Emily's uh, cooking us some, some steaks tonight. Yeah, so it's going to be stuff. nice. So we got a great show for, for you guys, and Mark, once again, has come through with two great interviews, one with our good friend Alan Tecchio from Screaming Metal and various other bands. And we've got Danny the Count Coker from Counting Cars yes. out in Las Vegas. And, Mark, what a cool guy to get on the show. I actually ran into him on the red carpet at VH1 Rock Honors way, way, way back in right, 2006 right. or 2007, and he actually did an ID. 
Yeah. If we're talking okay, cool. about back in the old days. Up. We'll have to yeah, look for that. Yeah, and I think he said Danny from uh, Counts Customs, which yeah. uh, is one of his places. Yes. He owns a club out there, a, a metal rock club, if you will. He has a TV show on the History Channel, and he's got a great band called Counts 77. So we're going to hear from the band. We're going to hear some music from the band. We will hear from from Danny, the Count. We will hear from Alan Tecchio. And Alan, of course, known for his work with Hades and nonfiction and so many others. We're going to talk to him all about that stuff. Actually, we're not going to really talk to him about that stuff. We're going to talk to him about what he's up to now. And uh, you mentioned Screaming Metal, of course, is the the cover band that we did two gigs with. Uh, and Alan was the singer, the, yes. one, Excellent the main singer. singer of that band. We had a few other people join us on stage, Rob Dukes being one of them to sing some songs. But Alan was the main frontman singer of our two gig cover band which I would love to do another uh, yeah another we got to get show. back out there yeah. whoever we can get I'd love to have Alan back yeah yeah definitely right now let's get into a little music this is Ronnie Monroe's record and our good friend Sean Baker is playing guitar on the record it sounds just great Sean thank you for the big special thanks in there it means yeah, a lot thank man. you Sean if you guys don't know Sean, we use a lot of his music here on the Talking Metal podcast. But right now, let's get into the song Ghosts off of Electric Wake is the record. Electric Wake by Ronnie Monroe. Yeah. 
That was Ghosts from the new Ronnie Monroe record, Electric Wake. Ronnie Monroe, of course, known for his work with Metal Church. Yes, and Sean Baker, of course, known for his work with with us. He's uh, given us the blessing to use his music on the podcast, and he's just a great player, as you obviously can hear on that Ronnie Monroe song. But right now, let's get into a Sean Baker cut. This is called Which Way to Radio Land by the Sean Baker Orchestra, and it's available on iTunes. Support Sean by picking it up. We'll be right back. 
That was Which Way to Radioland by the Sean Baker Orchestra, of course, featuring Sean Baker, our good friend, who's been a part of the Talking Metal family for a long, long time. I wanted to mention something quickly before we move forward um, right about on. the band Ghost. With some great pictures of you and Papa we had on the site a couple weeks back. <laughs> so there's been a, a minor scandal. Um, Nurgle. Of course, uh, the great singer from Behemoth uh, was hanging backstage with a guy uh, who was not wearing any makeup or uh, masks, and he wrote this cryptic message, and he put it out on Instagram, and uh, people have speculated that that person was Papa Oh, really? Curtis. Yeah. It was, a, it was a little dust up and a little scandal because people know, of course, who that person was in the photo. And uh, that picture was taken off of Instagram, and it hit all the sites like Loudwire and like Mental Injection and Brave Words. And one of the nameless ghouls uh, kind of just shrugged it off in an interview and said, look, you know, uh, someday this stuff will come out. It's bound to happen. And basically, like, who cares? And they never really confirming on whether or not that was Papa without makeup. But guess what he did say? What's that? He said, Papa Emeritus too." Uh, is uh, I think he used the word uh, an asshole, oh. and they're gonna get a new singer, Papa Emeritus Three, wow. for the next record. Nice. Great. So uh, he, I, I, it's really uh, you know a little trouble I guess in the group <laughs> because he's he, I'm pretty sure he used the word asshole. Right. So that's yeah. that's uh, breaking news. That well, uh, they had revealed earlier that his contract was about to expire. Oh, okay. There had been some talk that he wouldn't be there forever. Wow. So that's interesting news, and yes. I would imagine since this is all a bit of theater, I wonder if the third guy will actually be the same actor as the first two guys. Yeah, who knows? That's, who knows? that's a very if, interesting. If that is, I believe that the same guy played Papa. Yeah, one yeah, as Papa <laughs> me two, too. But me I'm too. not exactly sure because yeah. sometimes I feel like the voice does sound slightly different, but not really. Yeah, between the two records, you know, I don't want to. Um, I like playing along with it, but I, I do also think it's the same guy. And yeah. I think that the guy in the picture is also, you know, was the Papa Emeritus. And uh, his name is online if you want to check it out. I'll have to check that out. How do you like? I got uh, John drinking one of my favorite beers. It's yes. uh, Victory Dirt Wolf. You like that? Yes. Double IPA. Would you say this is made in PA? Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Very good. I, I like these IPA beers. Yeah, cool. They're good. And I am. Just very thankful to be here in Maplewood, New Jersey, and hanging out outdoors. This is a rare thing because I'm rarely outdoors unless I'm, like, you know, commuting. Uh, and uh, it's so nice to be outside. And, guys, uh, you know, normal people who live in houses and normal towns and cities, this is not a big deal. But for me, who lives practically in Manhattan, but I live in Jersey City, New Jersey, which is very city-like, and people don't have patios or backyards or anything. Right. And uh, basically, you're either on like your sidewalk or the street, or you're in a train or in a. And for me, sometimes I'm on a boat. It's it's a real treat to be at a home and on a patio and at a you know a really nice area having shrimp cocktail and fruit and cheese and beer. And about to eat some steaks. So I am psyched. Thank you, Mark and oh, you uh, Emily. And I'm having a blast out here. It's great. 
Cool. Let's get into a little ghost. We'll hear Year Zero, followed by a little Autumn Hour featuring Alan Pecchio. Uh, you're going to hear a track off the Dethroned record by Autumn Hour. If you don't have that in your collection, you should definitely pick it up. And then we'll get right into my interview with Alan Pecchio here on Talking Metal.
Striegel from Talking Metal, and on the line, we have an old friend, Alan Tecchio. How are you, man? Good. What's going on, Mark? Oh, not much. I'm excited because you sent me a new track, and I want to talk to you all about that and the new band or project or whatever it is. You're going to have to tell me about it. Uh, of course, you guys know Alan from Nonfiction, Hades, Seven Witches, uh, Autumn Hour, Watchtower, Watchtower. Watchtower. Oh, yeah, Watchtower, <laughs> Watchtower. I was just reading, I bought it many years ago, but I was just reading this book, Mean Deviation. And oh, it's an awesome book. Yeah, you get That's a good mention in there. Wagner's such a great writer. Yeah, great mention, it, specifically talking about your, your work with Watchtower. Yeah, that's a big prog book. You know, Jeff Wagner knows what he's talking about with that stuff, and he loves those guys. Yeah, definitely. So, did you feel he you felt he did good justice to progressive rock and progressive metal explaining the history of it in that book? Yeah, I think so. I mean, from what I know of the genre, I, I thought he was pretty on point. I agree with a lot of what he had to say. Cool. Well, let's leave the past behind for now and talk about the new track that you sent me. Level cool. Fields is the is it a band? Is it a project? 
It's really just me and guitar player Marco Ahrens from Germany. He's in a band over there called Properties No Crime. And uh, we just started writing together. We met actually through Facebook. And uh, we have three songs out now. And this one that you're talking about is the, the most recent one, Womb to Tomb. Yeah, it sounds great. We're going to listen to it in just a bit here on the podcast. Is is it a political song? I was listening to the lyrics and kind of trying to interpret them and just knowing you and some of the stuff that you've written about in the past, I couldn't help but thinking maybe some of the lyrics had a political ring to them. You know me, Mark. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love to uh, rant politically through lyrics sometimes when I get motivated about something. And right. For me, it's just a message really of self-sufficiency and less reliance on government. That's kind of the gist of it. And, uh, you know, it's just a position I have, always having worked a job where I'm working straight commission totally on my own. I don't rely on anybody but myself. And it's just it's always been my mindset, so I don't get it when other people think the opposite. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Right, right. Now, with Level Fields, do you envision this as ever being something that could perform live, or is it strictly kind of just a recording vehicle or project? You know, it started with just one song, a song called Enough. And then after that, we you know, Marco had another song. So what do you think of this? And I was like, that's kind of cool. And then it just grew from there. So we don't even really know where it's going or what it's you know, going to become or not become. Right. Uh, I'd love to play it live. I mean, especially the, the latest song is really, I think it's going to sound great live. But I don't know when we'll have the opportunity to do that. Uh, this latest track features his drummer. Uh, from Poverty's No Crime. The other two tracks are program drums, so it's really just me and him, and I don't know what we'd do for a band, but that would be a great thing to do one day. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And speaking of bands, is there anything happening with any of your other bands? Like, I know there's been, from time to time, Hades Reunions, and you had Autumn Hour going for a while, which was a great band. Uh, are you playing with any of those guys at the moment? Well, I appreciate that. Uh, the Autumn Hour guys, actually, I feel horrible about this. They have an entire record written, and I haven't even had time to really address it because I'm busy doing some other stuff uh, that I lined up before it. And then, you know, I'm just dragging my feet with it, to be honest. I can't find enough time to do it. Right. So that's sitting there, and I definitely want to finish that one day. It's going to be really cool and heavy. So there will be another Autumn Hour record for sure. Uh, the other bands, no, nothing's really going on at all. I guess it's all on ice, you know? Right. Okay. Cool. And what else is happening with with you personally? I know you left Stepping Out magazine a number of years ago, and what are you up to nowadays? Well, now I'm selling real estate in the restaurant world. So I work for a company called J.C. Capis out of Rochelle Park, New Jersey, and all we do are restaurant deals and catering hall deals. And uh, the interesting thing about the job is you have to do it all sort of undercover because places are open for business and nobody can find out that they're for sale. So it makes it hard to find a buyer. <laughs> right, but right. It's, uh, it's very exciting and cool, and I, and I love it. It's a challenge. And again, it's the same kind of work environment where I got to produce for myself or you make nothing. And I just, I, I appreciate that ethic and environment, you know, for life. Excellent. Cool. And, you know, we mentioned Watchtower earlier, early, early, earlier. Watchtower has become kind of this almost in some ways, legendary band, you know, especially in Prague circles. Do you feel that their popularity has has grown at all in an underground way through the years? I do. I actually think it really has grown tremendously, and I feel really bad because 
we have a whole new record, and I say we when I was singing with them, uh, pretty much done, and most of my vocals are done on it, but we just, <laughs> they fired me from the band. Oh, okay. And because uh, I wanted credit for my melodies, and they weren't having it, but whatever. I mean, it's not it's not about that. It's Water Under the Bridge. I would love to finish that record one day and put it out. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it is so amazing, it's not even funny. Now, didn't uh, one song come out from that record? Was it one song? We put one song out called Size of Matter, the Size right. of Matter. And uh, that was a great tune. We got to play that live in Germany, Keep It True. And it was awesome. I went to rehearse with those guys again. It was like old times, and we really clicked. And I thought we played pretty well. But, um, you know, sometimes things just happen, and I don't know, it just stops. <laughs> yeah, okay. But right. I would love to finish it one day. I mean, the offer is always out there. If those guys are listening, dudes, let's do it. Excellent. And as far as the Hades stuff goes, there's nothing at all happening there. Nothing with Hades, nothing with nonfiction, no. I did have dinner the other night with Kevin from Nonfiction. Oh, okay. The bass player, Kevin right. Bolenbach. Sure. And uh, he's doing great. You know, he's a hardworking individual. He's super into his she. <laughs> into his what? And uh, just a great guy, you know. What did you say? He's into his chi? His chi, yeah. <laughs> what, I don't even know what that is. What does that mean? You know, just like his aura and stuff, he meditates. He's, he's just totally into his whole, you know, finding his right plane in the world, I guess. Plane of existence. Cool. Yeah, he was he was on Talking Metal oh, wow, a while ago. And he's his wife, right? He's, uh, he's doing music with his wife. I don't believe he's married. Oh, okay. It was a his girlfriend. girlfriend Elaine. Yeah, yeah Elaine. Right, right. Yeah, they had a band together, Infernophonic. I'm not sure what yeah. those guys are doing now, but I know she's always out there singing in different bands and playing a lot. Cool. And have you been in touch with Ron Lipnicki from Overkill and formerly of Hades? Ron and I went and got a couple beers uh, a couple months ago now, but right here in the town where I live in Denville. Batch from McGee's, and uh, it's always great to catch up with him and hear the overkill stories. You know, listen yeah. to uh, some new tracks that are like unmixed before it's done. It's always exciting, and Ron just plays so well. I think he's brought that band to a whole new level, Absolutely. and uh, it's just great to see him be in that position. You know, Alan, anything else you want to mention before we let you go? Well, I can't go without mentioning Silent Assassins, and by that I mean Mike LaPont's Silent Assassins. I was lucky enough to do all the lead vocals with that, and it's coming out September on UDR Records, and uh, it's really old-school thrash, power metal, you know, straight-on classic stuff, you know, Manowar, Priest, Metallica, early Metallica. <laughs> and really, I think it's a, a super cool record, brought me back to my roots. Mike wrote all the stuff, all the lyrics and everything, but all the topics and all the, you know, the metal stuff is like the first Hades record, the early Hades year stuff, brought me right back to those times. It was really cool. Was Mike a fan of that early Hades stuff? Mike loved that stuff. He loved the power metal stuff, and he always wanted to do that on the side, and this is his little way of expressing himself, and there's plenty of just sick bass playing all over the place. Mike Romeo plays lead guitar on a lot of the stuff, as cool. well as Mike from uh, Halford, Metal Mike. Oh, nice. He does a smoking job, and... Uh, Romeo programmed the drums on it as well, but it just sounds so cool. You never know. It's like fake drums. It's crazy. Great. And when does that come out again? I believe it's September 12th. Oh, excellent. Soon. Good. Good. We look forward to that. 
Excellent. Well, Alan, let's get into the song right now. Again, this is called Womb to Tomb. The project band is Level Fields. Is there a place the listeners can go online to check you guys out, a Facebook page, Twitter, or any website, anything like that? Yeah, plug, yeah, plug it right into Facebook. We'll pop up Level Fields. Uh, you can listen to two of the songs on Spotify, and I'm sure this one's going to go up there soon, too. So, you know, oh, we're cool. just making this stuff accessible for people. Let them check it out and see what they think. Cool. So the songs are on, two of the songs are on Spotify. I assume they're probably on iTunes, too? Yes. Excellent. Okay, I didn't realize that. Great, great. Cool. Alan, thanks so much for calling in, and I hope to see you again someday. We'll have to do another Screaming Metal show. Mark, that'll be great. Thanks so much for the plugs, and uh, cheers to everybody out there.
What you just heard was my interview with Alan Tecchio. The song going into the interview was Unbelievable by his band Autumn Hour. Coming out of the interview, we heard brand new Alan Tecchio, and the name of that project is Level Fields. The name of the song that we just heard is Womb to Tomb. That is the radio edit of that one. So, so big thanks to Alan for checking in with us here on Talking Metal. Why don't we keep things rolling and get into a little music by The Count, The Count's band. Sounds great. Count 77. This song is off of Count's shrapnel record release, Count 77's shrapnel record release, still owned by Mike Varney. Wow. And the song is called Let the Rockin' Do the Talkin'. Kind of like Let the Music Do the Talkin', the Aerosmith Joe Perry song which is a song Joe Perry recorded solo, and then they re-recorded with Aerosmith, wow. I believe. Very cool. You need to check that. But anyways, this is Count 77 is the band. We're going to hear all about it uh, when we get into my interview with The Count. And again, the name of the song is Let the Rockin' Do the Talkin'. Then we will uh, get into my interview with Danny Coker, a.k.a. The Count.
Danny, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for calling in. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for having me. You know, a lot of us know you from your TV show on the History Channel, but we want to talk to you tonight about something a little different, about music. Yeah. Now, I want to talk to you about the music you're making. I want to talk to you about the music you like to listen to. But let's start off with your your band, Count 77. How long have you guys been playing together? Uh, we have been together now for probably a little bit over three years. It's actually uh, it's actually uh, older than the show. You know, so many people think because of the TV show I put this band together, and it was it was really the other way around. The uh, the band's been around longer than the TV show has. It's uh, and, and it really just kind of happened, you know, very organically, man. We all met at uh, at a jam session, uh, just kind of an open mic jam night up at uh, up at my rock club. I own a rock club here in Vegas. Uh, and uh, we just kind of met there at, at, at a jam night. We all ended up on the same stage at the same time. We were having a good old time together, and it just kind of grew from there. Cool, cool. Well, let's go through the band one by one because you got a lot of interesting guys in the band with you. Absolutely. Let's talk about Stoney, who's yeah. playing guitar with you. How'd yeah, you, Stoney uh, Curtis. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about his history and uh, you know how you got to know him. Stoney's awesome. He, uh, he's actually got a huge blues background. Uh, there's, uh, there's, there's a few CDs out of the Stoney Curtis band. And, uh, years ago he played at a little blues club here in Las Vegas. And I used to go down there in the middle of the night and just, uh, sit in one of those nasty, filthy couches in the back of the room of this little blues club and just, uh, enjoy myself listening to the Stoney Curtis band, you know, all night long. And we actually never met. I used to just go down there and listen to him. And the guy is just, he's an amazing guitarist. And uh, very much, uh, you know, blues, uh, blues guy. And um, he came and started hanging out at, uh, at my club here in Vegas. And he would get up on the jam nights. And my club is a rock club. So he was really uh, kind of transforming himself into very much of a rock player. So here over the last few years, although his, his, his background is, uh, is a blues-influenced black ba- uh, background, he has evolved into this monster rock guitarist and uh, and 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 a total brother. As a matter of fact, I've got a uh, I've got a recording studio here in Vegas as well, and 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 he runs it for me. He's the general manager of of, of oh, wow. my recording studio here, and he's just just an absolute uh, superb talent guy. He is he is amazing. I, I love Stoney. Right on. And handling the other guitar, uh, the other six string leads for you is a guy named Johnny Zito. John Zito. John Zito. It's funny because uh, he was actually the gentleman that was uh, heading up the open mic session, the, 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 the jam nights at my club. It used to be, uh, and he still does, as a matter of fact, every Wednesday night. At my, my club's called uh, Count Vamped, V-A-M-P-D. And uh, he, um, every Wednesday night, Zito uh, uh, does the John Zito electric jam. And uh, he hosts the jam up there, and he gets up and plays in a, in a three-piece, and then he invites people to come up and play. So it was actually because of John Zito that we all met, because we had all come down for you know the John Zito Electric Jam. And Zito, um, again, he's kind of a blues guy, but he's kind of a rock guy. He's, he's got like a, a huge influence from guys like Joe Perry 
a huge influence from guys like uh, Robin Trower, things like that. That's, that's very much the John Zito vibe. And uh, so we met uh, at the John Zito Jam Session, and uh, he handles he handles the other guitar work. He's kind of the uh, the slide guy and the uh, the bluesier guy type of a vibe, and and Stoney is the insane shred machine over on the, on the flip side of the coin. Cool. And Tommy Paris, who a lot yeah. of us you know hard rock guys know from Britney Fox as the yep. vocalist, he's doing yep. something a little bit different in your band. Can yeah. You tell us what? Yeah, Tommy handles the, handles the keyboards and backup vocals, and uh, you know we we uh, we met Tommy uh, when we did the record. Actually, Tommy was Tommy's the the the, the latest member of the band, and uh, we did the record uh, late last year, and uh, and it was finished and released in June. We started it, you know, towards the end of last year, and uh, throughout the course of the record, we kind of we kind of were feeling the vibe that you know we need to add. We need to add some keyboards. We need to add like some B3 vibe to this thing. And uh, Mike Varney, who uh, is Shrapnel Records and uh, is the producer of the record, he uh, he said, you know, I, I know this cat lives in Vegas. His name's Tommy Paris. Used to be with Britney Fox. All this type of stuff. Why don't we bring him in? And Tommy came down, and he was just an instant fit. And so he started playing on the record. And Tommy really liked the vibe of the band and liked loved the sound of the record. And um, so he was really enjoying the project. Well, when the project was over and it was done and the record was finished, and it's like, okay, we're all really stoked about this. Now we've got to start rehearsing so that we can play our own songs, you know, because when you, when you do them we do them in the studio, that's one thing. You know, you're doing right. a piece at a time. Now, now we've got to put everybody together and, uh, and learn our own stuff and, and get ready for live performances. It was like, you know, okay, we obviously need uh, our keyboard player, and that would also help if we had somebody who was really strong in, in vocals to, uh, to harmonize and do a lot of the backup vocals with. Cool. So um, we called Tommy again and said, hey, bro, have you, you know, how busy are you, and do you have any interest in, in possibly becoming a, a member of this band? And instantly he was like, I'm in. He, he's like, I love this. This is, this is the coolest thing. He's, he's, he was loving it. So he became a member of the band, and so, uh, yeah, man, he does all of our, uh, all of our uh, organ uh, and keyboard vibe on stage, and uh, and does uh, the backup vocals. Uh, he's a singing and playing machine, man, and just a way cool cat. And who rounds out the band with uh, bass and well, drums? Then you've got uh, you've got on bass uh, uh, a cat named Barry Barnes. Uh, Barry, who is uh, a Michigan boy, uh, who has who has been playing. Oh my gosh! I mean, this this guy Barry is 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 a phenomenal musician. He. Uh, He's played everything from, you know, funk to, to rock to blues to, you know, whatever. I mean, he's one of those just, just a guy who can just get up on stage and play with anybody. Uh, he, had come to, he had come to Vegas on vacation uh, and, and wound up in my club. Uh, and uh, the first person he ran into was Paul Shortino. You know Paul Shortino? Oh, sure. Rough cut. Absolutely, absolutely. So... He ran, he ran, because Paul hangs out with us up there all the time. So the first person he ran into in the, in the club was Paul. And uh, we, we joke, man, we love Paul because uh, we, we call him the mayor of Rock Vegas. Paul is the most happiest, most welcoming gentleman in, in the rock industry. And so uh, Barry met him, and he was like, wow, I can't believe I'm hanging out here with Paul Shortino. And then Barry fell in love with the club because the club is very much an old school rock club. What 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 they used to be, what they should be to this day. But but you know, so many of them are watered down. But it's uh, it's what it's it's what it's supposed to be. So Barry was falling in love with that. And then Barry and I met that same night, 
we had an office friends, and he just felt like, you know what? He's like, I should be living here. So he literally up and moved wow. to Vegas and uh, and was, was coming to the jam nights and was, you know, networking with people, getting to know folks. Uh, he's also a, uh, a, a teacher. He, uh, he, he teaches uh, bass guitar. To, uh, to he's got students here in Vegas, so you know whenever we're not playing, you know during the daytime he uh, he's uh, he's an instructor, um, and so uh, he was another one that we just kind of organically met on stage, and uh, can't say enough nice things about him as a as a as a person and as a picker man. He's just unbelievable. Bass player is phenomenal, um, and then the uh, our, our our to round out the whole band, you've got uh, Paul DeCibio on drums. You know, here's a cat who uh, who teched for uh, for White Snake for a long time. He was he was a tech for for White Snake, and so you know he he really knows his stuff. He's also uh, played with Blue Man Group here in Vegas uh, for a while, and so he's he's a really phenomenal player. He's played in you know several different things along the way, but um, again, met him through the jam night. And uh, the really cool thing about all the guys in the band and is, is we're all roughly the same age. We all kind of grew up in the same era. We all have that love of the harder side of the 70s. Um, and so it's all honest. This, this wasn't a type of thing where it's like, okay, this guy Danny Coker got a TV show, and, uh, and so now let's figure out a way how we can capitalize on it. It wasn't like that at all. I didn't have a TV show. I, I, yeah. I, it, wasn't, it wasn't like that. We were, we were guys that met at a jam session at my club, and uh, we all found a very common denominator in, in, in our musical tastes, uh, in, the, in the eras that we love, and, uh, and we, we, we formed this band. And uh, it, was, it was a cover band. We were all doing just, you know, 70s cover stuff that we loved, and, and we were rehearsing all the time and opening up for other bands that were coming to town and this and that, and it just kept growing and growing. And, you know, one day Mike Varney came to, uh, Mike Varney from Shrapnel Records came to one of our shows, and because um, Stoney Curtis has a previous relationship with Mike Varney. Stoney's, Stoney's been signed on Shrapnel as the Stoney Curtis band, and because uh, Shrapnel Records is really known for, uh, for finding, you know, really great guitarists. Absolutely. Uh, you know, they, the, the Yngwie Malmsteins and stuff like that, you know, that, that all came out of Shrapnel. Oh, yeah. So um, Shrapnel had a relationship with Stoney Curtis because he's just a phenomenal guitarist. So uh, Mike Varney happened to be in town, and he came to one of our shows, and after the show, he was like, dude, we have to do something with this band. And so uh, we did a record deal with Shrapnel, and we, we, we wrote and worked on very, very hard uh, our first you know, original record with, you know, outside of the two bonus tracks that are covers, the, the, the record is all, it's all our material. It's all original stuff. Excellent. Excellent. Now, do you find when you're out playing with the band that you're winning over fans that may not even know you from the TV show? Absolutely. That it's, 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 it, it, two things are happening, which is really fun. Uh, a lot of times we get booked because of the TV show. Well, let's just book that guy from the TV show. It's probably him and, and, and some of his buddies, and they're going to come out here and screw around, and it'll be fun. But, you know, people will come out. We show up, and we're a real band, and we're, and we're delivering the goods, and it's for real. So those that think that this is a guy from a TV show and a group of his buddies, they're getting an education going, holy crap, this is for real. Uh, and then there are people that, that don't know me at all and could care less about the TV show, people that are musicians, people that are music enthusiasts, people that are there to rock out, and they come and they go, holy crap, this is a real band. Yeah. 
uh, you know, what people don't know about me is, you know, I grew up in music. My father was a musician. There, there, there are three major facets to my life, and that's, that's motorcycles, cars, and music. Those are the three things that, that I have grown up in since, since I was a child, as far back as I can remember. And I'm so blessed in the fact that those are the three things that I still get to do today and pay the bills. So I am officially the luckiest guy in the world. I'm still doing bikes. I'm still doing cars. I'm still doing music, and 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 you know I'm 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 good, man. Life is grand. I'm 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 thrilled. I'm 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 I'm, very, I'm a very blessed guy. Good for you. Good for you. Thank now you I want to ask you about the music you grew up listening to. Yeah. You mentioned the harder bands of the '70s. Who are we talking? Kiss, Ted Nugent, Zeppelin. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, if when 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 you listen to the record, you can almost you can almost hear some of the influences with that with us. You know. Yeah, yeah I mean, I definitely heard some Aerosmith when I was absolutely. listening to the record. Absolutely, Aerosmith was a big influence in 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 uh, uh, growing up as a kid. Aerosmith, Kiss, definitely Led Zeppelin. I mean, I I cannot get enough Zeppelin in my in my soul. I just love it. Uh, but but then there's there's things like, uh, you know, like I, I love the Grand Funks. I love the uh, the uh, the Rare Earths. Um, uh, then of course there's you know there's Montrose and there's Foghat and uh, oh my gosh I'm trying to think of all the other of all the other bands that that, that just kind of influenced myself and the rest of the band growing up. But it's it, it's all along those lines. You know the the right. the, the Black Sabbaths. Um, you know, it's all of that type of stuff. I mean, you know, out of the '70s, when, when I when I reflect back on the '70s, it's kind of funny that in, in, there was there was that real division of the uh, the one-hit wonders kind of uh, lighter pop music that was so big in the '70s, and then there was the harder side of things that was you know really really cool, and that was the stuff that 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 you know I love and that that all these guys in this band love. Cool. And you mentioned Mike Varney and, of course, yeah. his, his label Shrapnel, which you guys are signed to. Back in the 80s, they were a big metal label, again, bringing us those guitar players like like Engve and Marty yeah. Friedman. But they also brought us some just real straight-ahead metal bands like Exciter and, yep. and Steeler, which, of course, included Engve and Ron Keel. Were you a fan of that stuff in the 80s? Yeah, absolutely. You know, those those were the things that... that, that um you know, because the 80s, 80s was an interesting era for rock and roll. So, you know, you, you, you kind of dug around for the harder side of stuff. And it's funny, you just mentioned Ron Keel. Ron, Ron's a good friend of mine, and, uh, you know, he comes and plays at, at, at my club on a, on a semi-regular basis, too, because he's, he's a Vegas boy. But, uh, yeah, it was, you know, things like that that you, that you kind of had to look for in the 80s, you know, that, that it wasn't in your face. So, so much of the music of the 80s in your face was... You know, just so much of the of the uh, the hair band stuff, and and you know, don't get me wrong, some of that I really I really enjoyed and really dug, but uh, but you know, going going a little deeper and 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 finding some some a little more substance was was really kind of what I, you know, really dug, and and then as we evolved into the '90s, I just basically turned the radio off and just listened to my CDs. Right on. <laughs> now you you've mentioned Vegas, obviously your home. We've seen a lot of like. The rocker guys, you know, Ron Keel, for example, or uh -huh. Vince Neil, or Ronnie Mancuso. There's uh -huh. the list just goes on and on and on. They, yeah, Ron, uh, Ronnie Mancuso is a, a, a wonderful dear friend, and oh, cool. uh, uh, he's a great guy. Yeah, even DJ Ashba, I believe, yeah. lives there now. Why are all DJ these guys moving? The he comes and he comes by and, and slips in all the time. He's another great guy. Excellent. Why are all these guys gravitating or and moving to Vegas? Do you think? You know, if I had to guess, and 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 you know, also I was just thinking about Jakey e. Lee too, because you know, I'll tell you a funny story, and and then and then I'll answer I'll answer what you were saying. 
uh, one night at my club, man, uh, people were going, who's that guy sitting on the patio? Because we got an outdoor patio. Right. And uh, we're trying to figure out who it was. And it turns out it's Jakey Lee. And Jakey Lee's just, just, he's just hanging out. And, uh, and so, you know, we got to know him. We got to talking to him. And, uh, you know, we're like, dude, you know, you should be playing. You should be playing. You should be playing. And, you know, he was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He decided, one day he decided he was going to play again. Put together a little three-piece band. Called us up, said he wanted to come play at our club because it's like I said, it's a real rock club with a real stage, with a real PA and real front of house and real monitor world and the whole things that 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 real bands want. And uh, so he wanted to play at our at our club, but he would not let us advertise that it was Jakey Lee. We could only wow. just say it was this band, but don't say Jakey Lee because you know he was just he was real and honestly he was really kind of shy about coming back out and playing again. And you know he is unbelievable i mean you know yeah i mean this guy is just amazing and then of course when red dragon cartel got put together with ronnie and jakey one of the first shows that they played actually the second show that they played first first show was the whiskey right uh in in on sunset and the second show they played was was vamped here in vegas cool so you know he's he's another one who's you know migrated here to vegas and uh and and comes and hangs out and plays with us all the time but i believe it, you know it's a really good question as to how, how come so many rockers are, are coming to Vegas because, um, you know, like Doug Aldridge, you know, he just moved here. Wow. He's another one that, uh, that, that that comes to the club and, you know, plays at the Rock Vault here at the LVH. But um, I don't know. There's something about the rock scene in in uh, in L.A. is is suffering these days, and, and I'm not sure as to why, but everybody that, that comes to Vegas is telling me that. Uh, so many of these bands come here and tell us, you know, that uh, that it's just suffering there on Sunset. It's just not what it used to be, and uh, and they're coming to Vegas. I mean, Vegas is the entertainment capital of the world. We've got uh, um, some some cool places here in Vegas that are really focusing on rock. Uh, I, I mentioned uh, uh, raiding the Rock Vault, uh, that, that the show at LVH. You know, Paul Shortino's in that. Doug Aldridge's in that. There's, 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 you know, a whole bunch of, whole bunch of, you know, real rockers in that show. There's, uh, there's another uh, rock show on the Strip. I, I, I can't even think the name of it, but it, it's something along. It's more along the lines of a show that kind of tributes to rock and roll. But uh, I don't know, man. There's, there's, you know, I don't want to sit here and say that 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 we did it, but I can tell you, my club counts vamped has a large influence on the rock community here in Las Vegas, and so many bands that come and play here fall in love with this club, and they say, this is how it's supposed to be. And, uh, I mean, guys like, you know, guys like, you know, Tammy from, from Faster Pussycat, who's playing, Faster Pussycat's playing in my club this weekend, you know, uh, the whole band has told us that, that it's the best club that they, and it, there, there's a band that's played every club in the world, right. and, uh, and they tell us it's the best club that they've ever played. And and you know I appreciate that. It's it's to me our club is is what if you took the rainbow meets the whiskey meets the Roxy meets the Viper and stir it all up under one pot. This is my version of it. At least what those what those places used to be. I haven't had the opportunity to go to them uh, lately, but um, you know there there are clubs on the Sunset Strip that are closing down, yeah. and uh, and so many of these guys are moving to Las Vegas. Uh, it's it's certainly great for the rock industry here, and I'm 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 really not sure as to why it's suffering in L.A., but that's why a lot of these guys are coming to Vegas. Cool, cool. 
Cool. Well, earlier in the show, we played the song Let the Rockin' Do the Talkin'. What can yep. we play for the uh, Talking Metal listeners right now? Here. How about Sons of Perdition? Sons of Perdition. Yes. Danny, thanks so much. Mark, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. I want to get out there and visit the club. I haven't been there yet. So. Bro, I'm telling you, you'll have a ball. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a blast, man. And you never know who you're going to meet in the place because... The real rockers do come and migrate to that club, and it's, it's, it's a really cool place. Mark, come out anytime. Come hang with me whenever you want. for him. 
was a little Count 77 featuring Danny the Count Coker. Yes, very cool. Yeah, I had a great time the last time I was out in Las Vegas, and I was at the Hideout Recording Studios with Ace Frehley, and uh, that place is a very cool place. Kevin Trinklow is a guy who runs it, and uh, of course, Ronnie Mancuso uh, is a big part of the place as well, and uh, that's who we were working with. It was a great vibe, and I, I just uh, am really uh, looking forward to the next visit to cool. Las Vegas. We're we should talking, go out there. Yeah, Emily and I were maybe talking about going out for the KISS uh, residency. residency, if that actually indeed Which ends I, up happening. I bet it's going to happen. I mean, there's no way it's not going to happen. They already had those pictures out. And, yeah. I mean, of, I don't of think course, it's been confirmed. As yeah, it hasn't yet. been confirmed, but like, I don't think that they would really – Put up all that artwork that says, you know, it, you know, all the kiss faces and saying coming soon or whatever it said. But who knows? Who knows? We will uh, we will find out soon, I'm sure. And uh, I guess that about does it for this episode of Talking Metal. What should we play to take us out? Why don't you want to randomly pick pick something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Mark, I'm going to be inspired by your shirt, Kiss Destroyer. I'm going to pick something. But I wanted to say is, uh, do you think we can go and meet the Count and hang out? Maybe yeah, at definitely. his place? Like, yeah, we definitely. should definitely do that yeah. when we go out there. Yeah. Sounds like a great club. I definitely want to yeah, check it out. Yeah, no doubt. I'd, I'd be interested in seeing the place where he works on the you know the cars as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, Count's, very, Count's very custom. cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, so let's hear something from Destroyer. And how about this? This is an interesting song. Um King of the Nighttime World. I, I, right. I always thought that was a great song. And believe it or not, it's a cover. And it was written originally by Kim Fowley, who is the guy that... Uh, the Runaway. Uh, yeah, was yeah. the guy who put together The Runaways or did something big with The Runaways. And there is another recording of that song out there. But I believe Paul and Gene have writing credits as well on that song. Uh, one of those other things you might have to look up to confirm, but uh, I guess they kind of put their spin on it. Yeah, but I've heard uh, another version of that song, but I think it's great. Um, on the first night of Kiss's current tour, they opened with that song. Oh, wow, what a great! And they they opener. they uh, opened with it for I think a few nights, and then uh, at some of the shows they're opening with Psycho Circus. So I guess they're mixing up the set list a little bit, which uh, is always something that fans are into. 
and uh, you know sometimes they also you know see how things work with certain openers. You know they're coming down off of that spider stage set, which I'd really like to see. Um, and I'm thinking of uh, going to uh, one of the shows. I'm not sure yeah. where, but uh, I'm thinking of uh, going to one of them this year because I actually haven't seen Kiss for a while now. I'm trying to think of the last tour. Uh, I- Maybe the last tour I saw him on was... I thought you saw him on, uh, not Monster, but the tour before, yeah. the Sonic Boom. Yeah, maybe I did see him on yeah. Sonic Boom. I, you, I, I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah. I'm pretty... Because um, I'm like pretty sure I've seen Kiss since I've been working with Ace, so uh, it must have been on that Sonic Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think it was Sonic Boom. Yeah. So anyway, um, and you know, like I said, I, I like all, you know, I, I, I think all the guys in the band are great, and... Uh, and Tommy actually invited me down to a show. Cool. Uh, so uh, uh, w- that that should be fun. And um, yeah, I ran into him. It was really funny. I was. Uh, I know we're going to get into the tune in a second, but I'll tell one of my little stories. Yeah, go for like, it. Like uh, tangent stories. Um, I was I was uh, in the uh, London Hotel at the time of that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and that's where everybody the Hall of Fame put everybody in there. When you say that, that's the name of the hotel. He wasn't in, in London. London. He yeah. was in a uh, hotel in New York called the called London. The London, yeah. yeah. Is that in Manhattan or Brooklyn? Yeah, or? it's in Manhattan. Yeah, and for some reason, I guess I don't know. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame had booked everybody into that hotel. It, it, coincidentally, I had uh, seen Gene in there a long time ago. Uh, in like 96 because uh he stayed there kiss stayed there for the it was not called the london at that point but but anyway uh that's the place where like literally some fan came up and he was all like wasted and, and uh gene goes like the guy's like i love you gene well, i was there yeah you were there yeah, didn't there. he say like you are a disgusting yeah. jerk or yeah. something like he's that. like you're drunk yeah. yeah it was like chewing the guy out yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy gets to meet his like idol and like and then Gene's like, You're a disgrace or yeah, something like yeah. that. So anyway, um but yeah, I was in there and I'm I'm in the little bar restaurant section eating peanuts or something and and Bruce Killett comes in and he's like, Hey, what's up? And so he was really cool and I was hanging with him and then Tommy came up to talk to Bruce and I happened to be right there and then and then Paul Stanley came in to to talk to both of those guys and I said a, a quick hello and uh, so that was a, kind of a, a fun event. Now does Paul know? Oh, that's a guy who works with Ace or yeah, are I don't you not know sure? that. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm not sure. Yeah. Like because because I've known Paul for reasons outside of uh, you know. Uh, Ace stuff, and and it's uh, because of my work with uh, uh, Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp and with Gibson and all that kind of stuff. So and the DVDs too. You worked. Oh yeah, on and the DVD, Kissology yeah. DVDs. Yeah, and the Kissology stuff. So I I always wonder does Paul realize that I'm that's the same guy that also uh, you know works for Ace, and I, I would think that he probably does because I have some friends that uh, kind of work with Paul, like I work with Ace, and uh, you know. Who knows if it ever came up, but Paul was, real, you know, very, very nice. He, he said a hello. He was busy doing stuff, but I talked to Bruce for a while, and and Tommy was cool. And uh, like I said, invited me to come. Bruce likes to again. talk, right? I mean, I know yeah. anytime we've had him on Talking Metal, the interviews end up being yeah. like an hour. Yeah, which great. I love. I like you know, yeah, yeah, it's very, very cool. Um, yeah, I love Bruce. He's he's great. Um, and I I last saw Bruce out in L.A. Uh, about a year, literally about a year and a couple of months ago. Um, oh, I mean, prior to the most recent time I saw Bruce, but uh, we hung out at the Monster Palooza convention, and uh, right. Bruce brought his uh, his fiance, which is now his wife, uh, which was great, and I got to meet her and everything, and 
Disney took some photos with Ace and stuff. I can't believe that was like a year ago already. So it's cr- crazy, like over a year ago. But anyway, cool. so yeah, okay, let's let's, uh, let's remind too. the Talking Metal listeners we got a PayPal account. Uh, we'd love a donation from you guys. You go to talkingmetal.com. We have family of Talking Metal digital podcasts, which include Mars Attacks, Talking Rock. One on one with Mitch LaFon, of course. So, a lot of stuff you can get right on the Talking Metal podcast uh, site. There is the Spreaker page where we post our podcasts without music. There are two ways you can get us on iTunes. You can subscribe to the overall Talking Metal digital RSS feed on iTunes where you get all the, the Talking Metal, or at least most of the Talking Metal digital podcasts, or you can subscribe separately to talking metal on itunes leave a review on either one of those itunes pages and uh, support us any way you can tell your friends about talking metal this is king of the nighttime world by kiss 1976 right yep there we go see you next time it's so sad